listening to Inside Healthy Teams by Apricot Consulting, a series that draws on the experience of experts to unearth the principles of personal and team leadership. For more information, go to apricotconsulting.us. Hi, my name is Susan Barton from Apricot Consulting. Today, we talk to Kim Zovac. Kim works for a global nonprofit and is a master certified coach who will help us understand the value of coaching. She talks about what coaching is and what it isn't and helps us understand why coaching is so impactful and empowering for leaders who are looking to grow. Hi, and welcome to Apricot Coaching. Kim, thanks for joining us today. It's so great to have you with us. Glad to be here. For those who don't know, this is Kim Zovac and Kim, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do and uh, what makes you tick? Oh, goodness. Well, I uh, work for an, I'm an executive with a not-for-profit organization that works globally. And a big part of what I do with that organization, both internally as well as externally, is we coach and train leaders um, around the world. And so that's where I use my coaching skills is to work with a variety of executive leaders. How'd you end up doing what you do now? Oh, goodness. Well, I've been doing this for a long time. (laughs) Um, way back when I kind of stumbled across coaching, you know, I was in my early thirties and I knew it was important. I was doing leadership development work, but realized as I was working with most of the clients I was working with were older than I was. And I thought, you know, what do I have to offer these clients? Right. I knew I'd been in student work for a while. And so I knew working with students that I could kind of meet with people, do leadership development and, uh, more as a mentor. But as, as I, I moved into a, a space with a broader range of adults, I realized coaching was such a great tool that I could have that would enable me to have something to offer without needing to be an expert and kind of cut my teeth in that space and realized I could be helpful regardless of not having all the answers. I could be a a thinking partner and help catalyze their development by asking questions, by supporting them, and by creating that safe place for them to be able to wrestle with their values and priorities. I actually cut my teeth in Melbourne, Australia. Well, isn't that convenient for most of our audience coming out of the Australian area? Um, we'll get to a little bit more about that in a minute. Uh, I know that you are what's called a master certified coach with an organizational called ICF. Can you tell us about ICF and what being a master certified coach means? Yeah, ICF stands for International Coach Federation. And it's an international network of people that are trained and working in the professional coaching space. Master certified coach just means I've got a lot of client hours. I've done a lot of training um, is what that means. Um, But that organization is um, a place of support for coaches because, as you know, the coaching field is growing uh, quite quite rapidly globally. And it's something, you know, I think it used to be seen as something that was more for um, underperformers or just in that space. And I think now executive level leaders are realizing, hey, this gives me a competitive edge. It helps me to be able to not just be a a good manager or a good leader, but really to kind of up my skill level. And so I think the ICF has tried to say, hey, we want to keep our professional standards high for folks. Um, And so I've appreciated my just connection with them both as my own certification, I also do some work with them helping certify other coaches. Thanks. That's really helpful. I know ICF is the gold standard for coaching globally, and we're really, really privileged to have you with us today to share some of your knowledge and expertise around the value of coaching. Kim, help our listeners understand. Tell me what coaching is, and especially tell me what coaching is not. Well, I'll start with what coaching is not, because I think as you ask that question, the image that comes to my mind, which probably comes to a lot of our minds, right, is sports coach. And we think of the sports coach standing on the sidelines, shouting, commanding, 
and, you know, <laughs> often either getting um, angry at the players and, you know, shouting or certainly giving advice. And actually, that's not a very good example of what um, a pr- professional executive coach is at all. I think they come from the same root word, which is the word we use for stagecoach, which is helping people along a journey, go from point A to point B. But really, a sports coach is helping them do that by giving advice, by calling the plays. Uh, executive coach or somebody in this kind of professional arena that we're talking about is really someone that is a companion on the journey. And we come alongside people and say, hey, we want to create space for you to reflect on the work that you do, on the uh, objectives that you want to accomplish. We're not here to give advice. We're to help, to help here to, through questions, through listening, and through a process. We're really a process facilitator to help you think through what are the obstacles What are the things that are keeping you from achieving these things? What are the ways that you want to experiment overcoming those obstacles? How do you need to think differently? How do you need to show up in the world differently? What are the resources you need to help you to do that? Coach doesn't have the answer, but the coach's role is to help you to kind of think through and be able to reach out and put put some of those things in place. The reason why I'd say... One-off coaching conversation can be helpful, but an ongoing coaching relationships means that you get to come back and check in with the coach. The coach can say, what progress do you ma- are you making? What do you need to do now? What are you learning as you do it? It's a developmental process, and inherent in that is some accountability. And the coach will say, what do you need to do right now in this conversation to get you where you need to be? It's self-directed in that regard. You know, I know you're passionate about this. We've talked about it before. I've sat through some of your trainings. Why are you so sold and so committed to this method, this framework of working with other people? Well, I'm passionate about leadership development. And coaching is really the best tool I know to be able to do that kind of leadership development work. You know, I'm a trainer and I love training. I love to go to training. Mentoring is important. Reading can be helpful. But at the end of the day, I think coaching provides that opportunity to really reflect into a journey. And to learn as we go, you know, it's not even when we go to training, we go to training, we get some good ideas, but how do we implement those ideas? Coaching provides that opportunity for us to be really intentional um, about applying the things that we know in our head to be true. You know, most of us at, uh, at an executive level leadership or in any kind of manager, we know what we need to be doing. What's keeping us from doing that? We have ideas. How do we implement those ideas? And coaching gives people confidence to to access ways that they can bring their best selves um, into that space. Kim, you mentioned in your last comment around people needing mentoring in addition to needing coaching. Can you elaborate a little bit on what the difference is between the two? I think people often think they're the same thing. Well, and for some people, they may be. Um, You know, I use my coaching skills regularly as a mentor But the simple definition I use with people that I I glean from a mentor of mine is mentoring puts it in, coaching pulls it out. Mentors tend to operate from a place of expertise, giving advice, timely wisdom, helping add value by putting things into the person that they're investing in. Coaching, on the other hand, isn't about giving advice. It's about drawing out of the person their own ideas, their own possibilities, their own solutions. Uh, You can use your coaching skills as a mentor, Um, I think at that fundamental level, mentoring is about offering expertise and coaching is about creating an environment of reflection that brings the expertise out of the person that you're investing in. So historically, a lot of people have used coaching to help underperformers figure out some of those insights. How do you see it benefiting executive level leaders? Because that's who you often work with. Right, right. 
And I do think coaching is a great tool for all sorts of people um, in terms of increasing their capacity and increasing their effectiveness. But I think particularly I like working with high performers because they're at a place where they're, they're performing well and training's not going to cut it to get to the next level. There aren't a lot of great mentors that can give them the exact advice they need in their context to get to the next level. They're going to have to figure it out as they go. There's not a packaged answer for them. And to me, coaching comes in and helps them say, hey, let's look at these principles you know about leadership or about business, and let's figure out, given the context you're in, how, how can you apply those how can you apply your values and your unique contributions to best accomplish the things you need to do? There's not a tailor-made solution a mentor can give you, but through coaching, you can help the person wrestle with what are the things that they want to experiment with. When I think about um, coaching for high performers, I particularly think of my son back in Australia when he first started playing Ozkick. He was about five, and you know they had a gazillion boys on the field. I mean, they had like 30-plus boys on the field and one coach. It was chaos. And yet, I think of talking to my friend's daughter recently, who's an Olympic swimmer. She has seven or eight coaches just for her, right? She's got one doing diet and nutrition, one doing strength training. She's got one on the technique of her swimming, one around psychology. She's got a lot of different people that are investing in her. And I think the same is true with high performers. We don't just need a coach. But a coach is one of a plethora of resources that high performers need in order to excel and take their game to the next level. So I think they need mentors. They need people to give them encouragement. Um, But they also need somebody to enter that space as a coach to help them get to the next level. And it's different than if they were, you know, just starting off in business. Thank you. So when you see executives using coaching to improve themselves, what kind of outcomes do you see? How do you see their performance improving when they've engaged with the coach? Well, I think coaching provides an intentional reflective space for them to look at values, motivation, possibilities, ultimately to access new perspectives and to integrate their own selves into the work that they do. As I mentioned, a coach doesn't have all the answers, but really coaching provides that context for these leaders to wrestle with different difficult issues or paradox, or places where they may be stuck. And I think through the questions and the space that the coach helps provide, they help them access insight and awareness. And ultimately, I think when it comes from the leader themselves versus reading it in a book, it increases their sense of confidence. It increases their ability to hear from themselves, right? They're they're tapping into those, strengthening the internal muscles that they have. You know, it's like going to the gym, right? You're kind of flabby in certain areas, but I think it can help those high performers to develop even new muscles, to access greater resources that are already inside of them. And a good coach will help them to dig deeper and deeper into accessing those insights and resources. You know, a lot of times leaders will say, I can do that for myself. Hey, I'm a professional coach. Theoretically, I can do that for myself. And yet I benefit from having that space where someone helps me tap deeper than I can take myself. So you must have a myriad of stories from the variety of people you've worked with. Share some of the success stories with us. Where have you seen coaching be transformational and really formative in the way, um, in the way people have developed as leaders and developed as people using coaching? Oh goodness. Well, I think of lots of stories. In fact, I I joke with people I train and saying, Hey, I can help. I've got a hundred percent success rate. And while that may sound arrogant, it's not me, it's the process. That I know when leaders have really bought into wanting a coach 
and wanting that kind of change that this kind of process can really help bring them exactly what they want. I don't think I've ever not had a success story when someone's bought in. Now, when I train coaches, I have to say, you got to be sure you've got the buy-in. But when people are buying in, they're investing the money, the time, and the space to, to do this kind of thing, coaching essentially comes along and says, hey, I'm going to help you to get there. Tell me about some of the stories from people you've coached. Where have you seen coaching work effectively? Well, the initial, one of the initial examples comes to mind is a woman that I coached who was um, the CEO of a retail business that had about seven stores throughout China. Uh, it was a department store chain. She was quite successful when she came to me, and yet our coaching relationship helped. The reason she came is she had some obstacles, and particularly obstacles around managing her team. And I saw that through coaching, we were able to help create space for her to experiment with new ways of expanding her leadership. You know, a lot of her leadership, it's a, it's a fast-paced environment she was in, and she was needing to make quick decisions, and yet she wasn't working um, in the same place as any of the store managers that were managing these different department stores. And so she was needing to come up with some new innovative strategies for how does she manage differently than when she was in a smaller environment and people were, um, her direct reports were more naturally just in the same environment that she was in. I think through our conversations, I could see that she was learning to have more honest, robust conversations with herself through our coaching relationship. And ultimately that catalyzed into her experimenting, having more uh, authentic and robust conversations with her team. Um, I saw her better work on some skills that she was working on to better manage and hold her team accountable. And ultimately, I saw not only did her leadership grow, but because her leadership shifted and became more effective, so too did her the team of leaders that she was leading become more effective. And I think it was just the coaching space that enabled her to kind of have perspective, step outside the grind and the busyness of day in, day out to help get that perspective, to tap into places, to be able to be honest about where she's stuck and yet to come up with some creative solutions to move forward. Um, I think too of a not-for-profit leader in Australia. And, you know, his key issue was he was doing all the work himself, trying to delegate to a team, but not really... Um, building the team. And so through coaching, was able to get more awareness about what it was in his style of leadership that was actually creating an underperforming team. You know, he originally came thinking the team is underperforming. Well, actually, it was he wasn't leading as well as he wanted to. And as he was able to up his leadership, he was able to better and more intentionally invest in their development and see the opportunity to do that. Does coaching primarily benefit the people side of the of of the equation, right? If I if I think about businesses and management and strategy versus kind of all the people skills that come along, does it benefit both sides or just one or the other? Yes, absolutely, right? Because who we are is how we lead, and so as I learn to be a better leader, ultimately that's going to have a positive impact, and it must, right? Because we want the best results. And the best results aren't just personal development in a vacuum, but they're personal development that impacts the bottom line of the projects that I'm investing in. Well, thinking about the interplay between the two, I think of a business leader in the U.S. Now, he came thinking that his key issue was time management, and he needed to to better manage his time. And yet, as we processed and reflected, he was better able to identify the underlying issues and assumptions and values that were ultimately self-sabotaging for him. He learned that it wasn't just about working harder, but it was about being working smarter. You know, he had sought to kind of focus so much on um, ignoring weakness, but we were really able to shift the conversation as how does he better leverage his strengths? 
You know, so many of the mid-career leaders are kind of functioning in the same way they did when they were earlier in their careers. And a lot of what we need to do in mid-career is better be able to identify what do we uniquely bring, not just generic leadership, but how do I bring my best, best strengths and gifts? I saw this man move from kind of avoiding issues in his environment to really focusing on how does he perform the best? How does he stop kind of wasting time? kind of dancing around things and better being able to just really enter in to the, to, to the messiness of his work. But in that place, he was able to lead well. And I think he'd spent so much of his time avoiding that and being so busy with so many tasks rather than really focusing on what he could uniquely bring and just helping him overcome his, his own personal barriers really made a difference for his leadership. But ultimately, again, as we talked about, it, it made a difference for the team as it makes a difference for the team. It makes a difference to the bottom line in terms of what they're able to produce. So I don't think we can separate those two. So I'd say, hey, invest in coaching. It not only benefits your leadership, but ultimately it benefits the whole organization. So when I'm working with clients or potential clients, often the question I get is, why do I need a coach? I'm sure you've had that question as well. What, what's the short answer? What do you tell them when someone just says, well, why do I need a coach? Why, why not? <laughs> That's the short answer, right? I've only seen positive results. I can't think of any negative examples. You know, as I mentioned, I think of Olympic athletes, right? They want to perform their best. They need resources to be able to help do, them to do that. We have a little saying on the team I'm with, you alone have to do the work, but you don't have to do it alone. To me, getting a coach is getting the support you need to be able to perform at your best. The more specialized and the higher we go, the more we need that kind of support, that kind of encouragement, and that kind of thinking space to be able to perform at our best consistently. Kim, thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing with our Apricot Coaching listeners. We're really grateful for your time and for your expertise and all that you've offered around coaching. Well, my pleasure. Thanks for listening to Inside Healthy Teams by Apricot Consulting. We hope you found it helpful. And if you did, it would help us if you could rate and review this episode on your podcast platform and subscribe for more episodes. For more information, go to apricotconsulting.us.